Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode one of The Rise. This is a new podcast. Both me and my friend here are starting out where we're going to be discussing a lot of things gaming, but also things around gaming and sometimes things not even pertaining to gaming. We want this to be a pretty open podcast, but both of us are indeed gaming content creators. So we're mostly going to be focusing on that. But without any further ado, hopping right into the podcast, welcome. My name is Matthew, aka The Deadly Showman. I am a YouTuber. I've been making YouTube videos now for only a handful of months, but I've been having a lot of fun with it. And I'm joined by my lovely co-star here. Hey guys, my name's Tarush. Uh, I also go by Speakeasy GG. I mainly stream on uh, Twitch. And I've also been trying to grow my brand on Instagram and Twitter and slowly on YouTube on the side, but that's been a bit of an uphill battle and I've been learning from Matt uh, as he sort of <laughs> learns the ropes and teaches me everything that he, as he knows and you know, passes that forward. Um, and yeah, like as Matt said, you know, we're, you know, we're both sort of rooted in gaming and, you know, we want to talk about topics in that area, but not obviously restrict ourselves to that. And so some of the topics that you might expect to hear us talking about, you know, over the course of the podcast is, um, you know, culture and gaming, our experiences with the platform, which actually is going to be the topic uh, for today. Um, and on other stuff about esports versus regular sports to console wars and, you know, PC mastery. So a lot of things to, to look forward to. So, you know, we want to get into today, Matt. Yep, we'll get into today. I guess the last thing I want to say is the reason we're starting up this podcast is because, as Trudy was saying, there's a lot to discuss in this space. And we are both, the reason this podcast is called The Rise is because we are both young content creators, quite literally, on the rise. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of gaming podcasts out there, but we are both, and they're mostly from content creators, I'd say, who are well-established, at least all the ones I'm watching, something like All In or... Uh, watch time on YouTube. Very right, well or like some of the established ones on esports, like the dive and you have from like league productions or um, the, the summoning insight. There's a lot of uh, podcasts that have been coming out by content creators that are established in the space. Uh, and they actually tend to monopolize the space is kind of what we noticed. So Ex this was exactly. Yep. Yeah, we are quite literally, I, I don't want to insult. Listen, you could counteract me. We are no names <laughs> for the most part in the space right now. We could be a little bit more raw. We could be a little bit more honest. We can examine the whole world of gaming from our perspective where you're either a young content creator or just a casual gamer because there are way more of us than there are of these big name guys. So we want to give those people a voice as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. So getting right into today's first episode, YouTube versus Twitch. As we introduced ourselves, I primarily have been a YouTuber almost exclusively. I think I've done maybe two live streams out of boredom, not even seriously. And Tarush here has been mostly dealing with Twitch, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe a few YouTube videos in there. I think my numbers are actually the exact opposite of yours, right? I've done <laughs> mostly Twitch and I have exactly two YouTube videos to my name right now. So um, yeah, I've, uh, I started off with Twitch and I wanted to make YouTube videos kind of consistently as I was going. But one of the things I realized with putting out content is... Um, if I'm recording live, the rest of the week tends to be devoted to thinking about what content is going to be going into the next week's uh, streams. And so then, you know, taking a step back and reevaluating, okay, what did I want to put into a video? If I don't do it relatively, you know, quickly after the stream, that tends to be uh, an issue that I would run into. So that's why I've sort of stuck to Twitch as of late. So. Yep. Yeah. And today what we're probably going to be discussing is our early experiences with both these platforms. So I've primarily been a YouTuber. I have a lot of, ex I say a lot of experience, a couple of months with YouTube, but I've got a grip on it. I think Tarush, you've got a grip on Twitch, if I wouldn't say. If I'd yeah, say it's been so. about seven weeks, I think. And I got affiliate on the platform within my first uh, seven streams. So that was actually a pretty big milestone for me. Hashtag humble brag. 
It's not a humble brag. They actually have an achievement. They make it a game. Did you know? That's actually one of the things I really like about Twitch. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but like the early experience I had with the platform as far as Twitch was, it actually felt like a, a, a level up as a streamer, right? As a content creator, I come in, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they present it to you with like an onboarding process, which is, you know, very official. And they take it to, you have these little achievements as you go. It's like, how many people do you have interacting with you on a real-time basis? How many viewers? How many followers, YouTube videos you've come out, or not YouTube videos, sorry, saved videos, um, length of streaming, so on and so forth. And if you meet a couple of checkpoints, they're like, okay, you're good to go. We recognize you on our platform. And right. that was great for me. So all right, this is going to be interesting when we move on, when we're talking like why Twitch versus why YouTube, the, like the advantages and disadvantages, because like right. YouTube is a very different world. They're not shit. Like I don't want to say kidding around like Twitch isn't serious, but it's a very different landscape. That'll be something we talked about as we reach toward the end of the podcast, we'll kind of discuss our hopes and dreams for the future, for our channels, our communities, and our ch and just our, I guess, brand, if you want to say, as a whole. But let's start out with the basics. Tarouche, what has your early experience been like on the Twitch platform? As someone who's, how you said, seven weeks, how are you finding it? How are you liking it? What is, give me the good, give me the bad, give me the ugly. So I'll start off with saying that I wasn't entirely new to the platform when I came into streaming because obviously been playing games for a while now. And if you've been playing any games, you've heard of Twitch and you've heard of, if you've heard of streams, obviously, then you've heard of Twitch. And so I, I'd been a user of Twitch, you know, popping into a couple streams here and there, but I wouldn't even call myself an avid consumer of streams. So for me, actually, I consume the kind of content that you make, which is uh, stream highlights or post-production, you know, YouTube content creation. And I wouldn't, you know, ingest that and that would spur me into my live gaming moments. So coming to real-time streaming was like a, a bit of a different direction for me as far as what I had been digesting beforehand. Um, and as I touched on a little bit before, right, like Twitch made a lot of that really easy for me. They were like, here you go, you know, if we, you want to be monetized on our platform, there are a couple steps you have to, you know, you have to go through. You complete those achievements is what they call them, right, like Twitch achievements. You complete those and suddenly, you know, you're making money on the platform, like one cent per ad per viewer, but money is money, right? And so Ooh, drop uh, in, I can't drop complain. Fat, fat change stacks. Right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting hailed. in uh, 36,000 or not 36,000, sorry, 3,600 cents at the moment, you know, $36 to my name. That is how the mm. conversion works. So mm. Um, mm. All hey, those pennies. ad revenues, ad revenues coming in clutch with these pennies, right? But you know, it, it's something new. I always thought ads would be a little bit more, but it makes, it makes some sense. So. Yeah. So what you say, like, I guess that's an overall, I've been watching your streams. You've been consistently streaming. I think you maybe had one or two breaks in there, but you seem like you've had, a, like, you've really been enjoying it. You've had fun with it. It doesn't seem like a chore for you. Whereas I know a lot of streamers, maybe more established ones who've been doing it for years, they don't dread getting on stream, but you can tell when they're phoning it in a bit. And I've never gotten that vibe from you know, I'm not going to lie. I think last weekend, I kind of experienced that like level of fatigue. There's something to be said about, you know, having a routine is really good for is for your community, really, right? It's, it's, it gives your viewers something to expect is like, this is a time that they can carve out where they will be consuming your content, being able to see and interact with you. And it's something that, you know, they derive pleasure from. And so you're not only carving out the schedule, you know, as a commitment from yourself saying, hey, I am going to, you know, set aside 5 to 8 p.m. on, you know, Fridays and stream for this period of time. But for the people who are watching me saying, you know, 5 to 8 p.m., this streamer is going to be on, I should watch this content. And so, I don't want to say it sounds like an obligation at that point, but if you're not, if you know, if you're tired or you're not feeling it, there's sort of that pull where like, Oh, I can't just cancel. Right. Cause I'm canceling on X number of viewers. So maybe it's like a lower, lower, you know, 
lower streamer down here where I get, you know, 11 average viewers at the moment or something to that effect where I'm like, okay, yeah, if I cancel, like who's going to care? Um, but at the same time, I think it's about setting those expectations for your community and letting them know that like, you know, Hey, through thick and thin, I'm going to be there for you. And that's why actually a lot of people are drawn to Twitch and that live aspect is they get that human connection that they may not necessarily get off of watching offline videos. It's like a personality a bit of personality added, right? Because like they can do a live AMA as opposed to like, oh my God, this guy is like a rager or he's really nice or so on and so forth. So, yeah. It's interesting to say that because like YouTube videos, some of these guys who are still exclusively on YouTube who don't do any live stream, like they have, I guess vlogs would be the closest equivalent to their AMAs where they like let people into their lives. They do a house tour. Right. Or I know someone like Loser Fruit who I watch, she's almost exclusively a streamer, uh, but she also makes a couple of YouTube videos. Every once in a while, she'll post on like Life of Luf, who is her like second channel, where like she invites people into her live for the, her YouTube side of things, which is a different way of like interacting with your community. Uh, so I guess there's been a lot of good here, but now I want to move on to for Twitch. Where have you seen the bad, not the ugly, but I guess the bad stuff that you don't love per se, or you wish could be different? So I think the the, I don't want to say there's anything that's been particularly bad with Twitch other than a couple of discrepancies that I'll see here and there of um, how the viewer count is showing up. I don't know if you caught this on stream when I was streaming last weekend. I was getting a little confused how it was just saying I only had six viewers when I was actually being told in my mod view I had about 19 or 20. And it was a little bit of a throw off where it was like, how many people am I engaging with? Am I actually talking to someone who's not in the chat? Because I, you know, some viewers, I, I've recognized their names and I try to like call them out and engage them in conversation as I'm streaming. And it's a little tough to do that when you don't actually know if they're present or not, if they're not chatting, obviously, because some people are, you know, they'll pop in a message and they'll lurk for the remainder of the stream and you got to respect sort of the way they want to communicate, but also like keep them engaged. Like, hey, you know, so-and-so, I remember you were talking about this, like, did you like this thing that you just saw? Um, so, I mean, but those are, those are things you can maybe attribute to bugs. I think the one thing that threw me off was um, they sort of all of a sudden changed the layout on Twitch. Um, and I think lucky for me, because I was, you know, really, you know, early into the process, I could change my graphics around uh, without too much of an issue. But um, for people who have had channels for some time, now having to go back and really quickly realize, oh, my graphics aren't actually being visible anymore. And, you know, I have to change my orientation a little bit and then also actually create a channel trailer if I want to get that same level of pull that my banner was doing before. It adds a little bit of extra work that I don't think people were expecting. Um, so that, that was a little um, thing that I had with Twitch. But otherwise, I think it's been okay. The biggest thing that I've had with Twitch is um, getting used to the community, so to speak. I think the Twitch community is a little unique because of the way that they like to communicate, right? Like emotes is a big thing in Twitch culture and there's a lot of memes that come from Twitch. Like, you know, I've, I've learned a lot of, I feel like such a boomer, but I've, I've been calling myself a boomer streamer for a reason as I kind of <laughs> learned the ropes, right? It's like Keck W, lull, like Omega lull, like Pog Champ, like all these things, right? And I'm just like, like what are these? Um, but I mean, like once you, once you kind of get a feel for it, like, oh, it's like a face and it's of like a meme or it's referencing something else, like you kind of get an idea and it adds another level of like inside jokes or whatever to your community, so... Nothing, nothing too um, glaringly bad about Twitch so far. I've had a pretty easy ramp, I think, in that regard, and I'm blessed for that. It's interesting if we uh, go back a little bit. You said the bad is like that discrepancy between what I guess is being displayed for everyone. See, I've got six people with us, but then you're seeing in my view. I've got like how many did you say in my view? I forget. Uh, like 19 is what I had yeah. at that time, and it's hard because the algorithm I feel bumps you obviously based on the number of viewers you have, right? Oh, you're already. 
you're already going exactly where I was about to go, but you can keep going. Oh, right. Sorry. Like the algorithm is, um, you know, if you have over 10 viewers, then we'll show you higher 20, so on and so forth. And then at some point you hope to pop into like being the recommended channel for like a category and then you're set. Right. But if it's showing me a six, then I'm kind of getting, I don't want to say I'm getting gypped, but really that's what's happening. So. Yeah. It's like, I, the reason I want to touch on that is because YouTube has something from what I've seen, kind of similar. They have YouTube that everybody goes, they watch, they consume. Then they have YouTube studio where it's your account. You can see all the analytics, all your videos, how many views, how many impressions, how many unique viewers. You could see a graph for 28 days, one month, two months, five days. It's insane. But there's a major discrepancy. I can see my views in real time. Like this Monster Hunter video I just posted has a whopping 10 views. Awesome. But you go over to YouTube, it says you have two views, which people are more inclined to click on videos that have more views. Right. It's so it's exactly. There's 3.6 million people watch this. Well, damn, they must know something I don't. And even on the smaller scale, no, if you see something with no views, people's going to scroll right by. Like, oh, no one's watching this. Why am I going to watch it? Versus you see 10 views. Ooh, this is a small channel, but they've got some people to watch. Let me see what's going on here. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, I, I want to get into this a little bit more about sort of how you approach getting your numbers up to a certain level so that people will actually click on it to be like, hey, it's not the ones that no one's clicking on. It's, a, you know, a, like creating interest as you go in your videos. But before we get to that, I actually wanted to flip it for you and, and ask you about your uh, experience in the platform because, you know, you were talking about YouTube being an entirely different beast, right? And so yeah. I kind of want to hear from you what the, you know, the good has been on that platform and, you know, what are the negatives and how, uh, how you felt about that? Yeah, I'd say the good right off the bat, I guess on a personal note, is that this is some of the most fun I've had with video games in I don't know how long. That's more the nature of content creation, though. I'm playing games I never would have played to get new content. Like before I started doing this, I was playing Fortnite, Warzone, Call of Duty multiplayer, mm -hmm. and that was it. I wasn't playing anything else because none of my friends oh, okay. were playing any other games. So becoming a, now I've started playing Monster Hunter with you, Andy, Chris. I've started playing Cuphead. I've started Cuphead series. I'm revisiting Uncharted, which is an insanely good game series. Like, you forget how good these games were. Right. And I'm just getting to experience all these great games I've either played in the past and totally forgotten about or never played. So that's been the good as a content creator. YouTube yeah. specifically, the good for me has been, unlike Twitch, where you need to, like, have, I guess, not a schedule. Like, YouTube, if you have a community, they expect a schedule. I can upload whenever I want. I can have a video go live whenever I want. And it's going to be there forever. I have one video that I uploaded maybe back in April that has sitting on 500 views, which is for my channel, insanity. Uh, of course, the one that's got 500 views is a Fortnite Michael Myers creator. <laughs> that was and actually I, really funny. But I, I remember that video. That was really funny. Yeah, that, that was, was one of my first few. That was like, that's honestly one of my best videos, hands down. Like, there's nothing like uh, failing to find your friends who are just hiding on a map that's not that big. And then, like, when you later found out where they were, you just, like, have to go walk away because you're going to punch your monitor. So yeah. that's my best video. And it just stays there. Whereas I know Twitch, you have 14 days, and then it's wiped. It's gone. Safe in me. It's not on the internet anymore. Yep, that, so that actually is something that, and now that you mention it, was something that one of the viewers that I had was like, hey, I can't find one of your older videos. Can, is there any way you can send it to me? And that's what actually inspired me to get into YouTube. But sorry, I'm going to give it back to you. But that, that's, that is a thing. 14 days, I completely forgot, is like a thing that Twitch does. Yeah, so like the great has been like, uh, YouTube really conforms to your schedule. You can say, I guess say the same thing about Twitch, but there's like an unwritten rule where I have this 
schedule that I need to meet for Twitch. If I don't meet it, my community is going to be disappointed. YouTube, people just drop videos whenever the hell. I've seen some of my favorite YouTubers drop two videos in a day. I've seen them go three weeks without posting anything. And nobody cares. Like, oh, cool, right. we dropped a new video. I'm going to go watch this now. Like, there's a lot less stress to produce content. I feel like I can operate on my schedule, which is what I absolutely love. Because there are some days where I'm cranking, I'm going at it. Like, I'm, in, I'm editing in, the, in the iMovie. Like, oh, my God, this is great. I'm going to have so many videos. And some days where I'm just too tired. I'm right. make a crappy video if I keep doing this. I'm just going to walk away. No video tomorrow. But that, who, no one cares. And I, I love that so far. Nice, yeah. I mean, I think that's really nice because I think they say that about anything that you do is that like, you know, it's, it's nice to take a step back. It's nice to take breaks. It's really good for just getting better perspective and it helps your content overall too, right? So definitely yeah. good that you're doing that. Yep. And then I guess moving into, of course, there's always going to be the bad of YouTube is the way YouTube works. YouTube, it's uh, Google owned and Google wants to make you happy. They want to make you feel good <laughs> about yourself. They will push Content that you like, they will keep pushing you that same content. content if you, right. like, if you have a subscription feed in YouTube and you compare your subscription feed with your home feed, they're going to be very, very similar. They're going to recommend a couple other things to you, but there's going to be a ton of overlap because YouTube wants to keep recommending stuff that you, they know you like. So you'll keep coming back and keep watching ads and they keep making money, which right. makes it really hard for brand new videos to break through. Like I know for Twitch, like you were at one point like the top Jedi Fallen Order streamer at one point, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, I think that was because I was the only streamer in the category, right? And so that was me trying to game the system a little bit. And I can talk about that in a little bit, but <laughs> I was able to do that for a couple of games. And that was, um, I think just abusing the way Twitch works, but YouTube sort of has a lot of other hidden pockets to make it a lot harder for newer videos to sort of reach the light of day. Like you need to promote on other platforms, it feels to get traction on your YouTube videos. Exactly. The YouTube algorithm, it's all about, you have to, it promotes big videos. The problem is you need to be famous to have a big video, but you need a big, big, big video to become famous. It's a low barrier to entry as far as it doesn't take much to start making videos and put them on YouTube, but it's a high hurdle to clear as far as people actually seeing those videos. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And actually speaking of um, pushing your content on other platforms, I noticed, you know, Earlier this week, you started pushing your content on Instagram or last week, you started pushing content on uh, Instagram TV. Has that sort of helped in um, directing people to your YouTube channel at all? Or is that something that you're sort of waiting to see if um, that and other, uh, other sources of uh, pushing your content like Twitter and otherwise are helping? Yeah, I'm taking a very much wait and see approach. Twitter does not seem, Twitter, you need to have followers. The hashtags mm -hmm. don't seem to play as big of a role. So it's only done so much. Instagram, it's still wait and see. It's still pretty early, so I don't know how the results are there. Then I'm also posting to Reddit. I'm posting to Imager. I have oh, wow. Not, okay. I've not posted to Facebook yet. That's the one thing I haven't that I'm curious to see if I do, what will the response be? Because it's mostly your friends and family, so of course they're going to go click and say hi, but is that a good way to grow your community? Like, are you really, or is it just they're popping in for a view and then they're gone forever? So, so there's been, actually a part of Facebook that I've heard of that um, – is something that I actually engaged in when I used to live in Asia and play a lot of uh, Southeast Asian MMOs is Southeast Asian gaming communities uh, and Asian gaming communities actually have a lot of these 
really huge followings on Facebook under groups. And these are like closed or restricted groups and you can request access and people will kind of let you in willy nilly. And it's a way to get engaged in that community. I think like the Konami, is it Konami? The Yu-Gi-Oh on like mobile game, for example, has a really extensive Facebook following or something for that. Like you can explore the metagame there. You can see videos. Um, I, I think MapleStory is the same way. And so like depending on the games and the titles you play, you might actually be able to appeal to a greater set of audience. Like, let's say I'm trying to think of a game that's really famous in, um, in that community. Like Fortnite is obviously a really popular international game, but I think a little bit more niche than Fortnite would be, uh, is animal crossing considered too mainstream as well? I think it's just, a, everybody plays animal crossing. Dude, Kelly that's plays fair. animal crossing. That should tell you everything you need to know. Shout out. Mm. This, no, no offense, Kelly. Uh, we have a friend, Kelly. She's not a gamer, but she plays animal crossing. Everyone plays. <laughs> yeah i think everyone i know actually just bought a switch to play animal crossing to the point that like during quarantine it was becoming the way that people were dating and like a very like hey we'll establish virtual contact through animal crossing and then like tiktok is making fun of that after the fact but yeah i mean like maple story is a game that maybe fell off a little bit in the states but has definitely retained its following elsewhere and so a lot of games that you might think have kind of fallen out of favor or games you may not even heard of will be popular in there. And you can obviously always push your content. So maybe something worth looking into. I've actually thought about it as well. So it's interesting. Even still though, it comes back to the fact as far as the bad goes, like you need to go off site to promote your content. YouTube uh, yeah. will not help you at all. They'll give you all the stats to let you know how you're doing, but they will not assist you in any way, shape or form with getting those numbers up. That's pretty much all on you. So what about like onboarding on the platform? How did they get you sort of associated with like what the steps might be to get monetized on the platform or anything? Or is it very much so this is your sandbox, do whatever you want with it and we'll sort of have resources if you need them. Like what's the YouTube approach really? That's literally it. It's here. They, the second you log into creator studio, they tell you here is video. Here's some videos from us. To let you know how to make your videos better. Here's what you can do to do huh. some editing tricks. Here's a monetization tab, a monetization tab that you can go click and we'll tell you exactly what you need to know to get monetized, which we'll talk about that. That might also be part of the, I think that's where the ugly of YouTube, uh, maybe it's the bad, the monetization steps, but uh, okay. they have everything. They show you everything. They don't tell you how to use any of it. It's like, whatever you want to explore, we're here for you. I guess it's a form of handholding like social distance handholding, I guess, if you want to call it that. <laughs> Pretty topical, yeah, okay. Exactly. Uh, five years from now, this, that joke's going to make no sense. But that is YouTube in a nutshell. They'll give you everything you could want, but they will not help you at any step of the way. Okay. But the platform itself seems to be fairly powerful, right? As far as like retaining views once you have people in there, because once you have someone in your subscriptions, they're going to be locked into your subscriptions as far as once they post a video, right? So I think you just got to break that barrier, I think, first. and. Yep. Um, Getting subs gotta be the hardest thing to do on YouTube. I don't <laughs> know what the psychology of this is. There are several channels that I watch on YouTube daily that I don't sub to, and I don't know why. I, I every time I look at the sub button, like I don't want to click it. And I there's got someone smarter than me at a university higher than one that I attended has probably researched this thoroughly and still doesn't have a clear cut answer. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm exactly the same way. I have a lot of videos that'll show up in my recommended and I recognize the name of the channel or the point that I'm watching some of the established streamers that I do watch on a regular basis and then I get a recommended video to like a highlight reel. I'll watch the highlight reel, I'll know who's making it, but 
I won't click that like and subscribe the way that they say in the video. And again, like what you said, I don't know why I think is, I think people just don't want to add unnecessary clutter because there's also been a thing on YouTube maybe about how some channels don't continue producing content for those long periods of times, right? Like we could talk about some of the content creators maybe that were popular in the early 2000s that don't make content on their YouTube video or on their YouTube channels anymore. Right. And then there are others that have been fairly established and been there throughout. Right. So um, you know, they went to Vine, they went to Twitter, then back to YouTube. They kind of followed the the content hype train, if you will. But yeah, that's um, that's really interesting. All right, moving on now. The last little topic of our first subtopic. Give me the ugly of Twitch. What is the stuff that it's not bad? Like this is horrible. I cannot believe this is a part of this community. They should be ashamed of themselves. I don't know if I've had that with Twitch yet. I think the community policing part of it has been pretty nice about like having your choice of moderators right you can have like the auto moderator that twitch gives to you to obviously blacklist um words phrases links so on and so forth from your channel so they give you that creative freedom to say like hey this channel is whatever you want it to be underneath our guidelines right and so obviously you have a good section of streamers and it and under like just chatting which is your like generic uh category on twitch right and they'll put out whatever content they want. And, you know, Twitch has like an anti-alcohol policy. So you'll have these streamers who will literally walk out of the room and off camera probably consume some alcohol and not. Cause after a couple of times of doing this, you'll sort of recognize the pattern and realize like, Hey, they're breaking guidelines. But I think Twitch sort of would not filter for that. Um, obviously if they get reported, that's a whole other story. But I think the community policing under moderators is pretty nice because it gives uh, your community a feel of like, Hey, I'm now a part of something that in addition to me watching this is like, I can care for and help my streamer out by like making sure I, you know, quote unquote, police the chat. Um, I feel like policing is a word that maybe is going to not be used as much anymore considering the times right now. So maybe supervising is going to be the word that I'm going to sit on right now. But yeah, like supervising the chat is pretty nice. And then over and above that, I would say the only issue I've really had as far as ugly and actually, this is not an issue I have, but this is by choice, right? Is that I don't choose to play any music behind the scenes on uh, the games that I'm playing. And this is obviously only seven weeks in. But there are a lot of streamers that have actually in the last week, I don't know if you heard about this, the uh, DMCA has been hitting a lot of these streamers on Twitch with uh, vi like violations. Their accounts have been banned or temporarily been given a suspension because um, they need to, essentially as corrective action, remove their VODs that are on their channel that are containing copyrighted music, even if it's like 10 seconds to multiple sections. So what Twitch originally did was they muted those sections um, in your VODs, but now sort of with these DMC notifications, I mean, a lot of Twitch streamers are saying like, hey, you know what, screw it. If you take down my video, you take down my video, or if you ban me, but I'm not going to do it. So I think like the community response has been a little bit obstinate, like how won't you do this? And they recognize they're using copyrighted material, but I feel like Twitch's action was really good and I don't really know what this falls under. So. Not even sure if that would classify as ugly, but, you know, I think I've been pretty, as I said before, like been pretty blessed with the Twitch ride and um, <laughs> kind of sitting on cloud nine as far as, you know, everything is being told to me if I want to do it. If I want to get to partner on Twitch, for example, there are another set of achievements in front of me and I've completed three out of the four, but that fourth one is to get my average viewers to 75. And that's going Ooh. to be another one of those, like breaking the barrier of like getting average view counts up. So yeah. um, that is the next step for me. So, yeah. Yeah, so Matt, what, what would you say is the, uh, the ugly of YouTube? Yes, the ugly of YouTube. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, this is probably tiptoeing the line between bad and ugly, and that's monetization. YouTube okay. makes it 
extremely difficult to get monetized. You need a thousand followers, and I think four thousand daily not daily watch hours. I couldn't tell you what it is. It's just some ridiculously two ridiculously large numbers hmm. that could literally take maybe three years to hit. And they wow. don't. They do. I don't understand it. I guess they literally are two extremes. A people who are here to have fun, post silly videos, and B people who want solid careers, and they do not make it easy to transition from one to the next. So I maybe say that's a little bit ugly, especially when you factor in that they don't help you get to those thousand subs. They make it as difficult as possible. So right. I'd actually classify this as a little bit of the ugly. It feels like okay. they put a carrot on a stick at the end of a 1,000 meter stick. Yeah, uh, damn, that's a pretty telling, uh, pretty telling analogy. Yeah, and then think- the other ugly, I'd say that it's not their fault, and they, I think they try their best are these fake slash spam accounts you're going, if you, anyone, if anyone's listening to this and you started YouTube or you've started a YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. They're just these fake accounts that all they do is they, they don't even like your video. They don't subscribe to you. They leave a comment like, awesome vid, dude, or like, uh, follow, uh, follow me for, to learn more. And they have four videos on their channel. Maybe one of them is a Fortnite video because that, that's eye candy in the world of YouTube. And then the rest of them are like, Gain a thousand subs fast. Here's how I gained all these subs. They're not real channels. None they're just some straight up fake channels that will go around commenting on as many small channel videos as they can so that people will subscribe to them. Like the mentality is I commented on their video, they're gonna be so excited, they're gonna subscribe to me. And it's just such a dirty practice. Like, shame on all those people who do that. Wow, that 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 does seem pretty rough. Yep, and I think I felt the first, I felt victim to it the first time. A guy liked one of my uh, comments on my videos. I sent to him immediately, and then I started paying closer attention, like, wait a minute. I think I had a, a different video was commented on by a different channel that still linked back to this guy after, like, several steps. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. And then wow. I subscribed to him. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a pretty uh, complex way that they, it's like they set up a link tree where at the end of it, you're going to end up back at the scammer's profile. That's, that's insane. Exactly. And to their YouTube's credit, I noticed that someone who tried doing this to me the other day, they had left a comment on my video. The comment was still there, but they had no profile pic and no name. I couldn't get to their channel. I'm thinking YouTube might have shadow banned them. Shadow banned them. Yes. So good on YouTube for trying to get rid of these spam accounts. But all you need to make a YouTube account is a Gmail. All I need to do is get a Gmail is go to Google. It's really easy to start back up again. Right. Right. I think because the process is so simple, like Google has made it fairly accessible to create a Gmail account, obviously. And because they want to make their host of applications all under one login, you know, you can log into Google Drive, YouTube, you know, a variety of suite of applications with one email address. And so imagine now that you have one way to quickly create accounts, it's fairly easy to bot on that platform. Yeah, extremely. So So that's the ugly, that's more people. That's not really YouTube. Like you have a free service, people will abuse it. That's just the way it goes. But yeah. Good. On, like, that's not YouTube's fault. I commend them for what they try to do to get rid of these people, but it's a shame on those people who do that. Yeah. Well, that's actually a, a segue into our next topic of like why Twitch versus why YouTube. And I could start it on sort of taking us back to the community moderation that I was talking about and sort of the reason why I feel like I don't have this issue on Twitch as much because to what I was saying about um, 
about creating accounts for YouTube could be said about creating an account for Twitch, right? Account creation is, you know, a fairly straightforward set of steps. And so once you get down that road and you have this account, you can obviously go onto channels and be posting, you know, follow this account or, you know, click this link to instantly gain these many subscribers and followers. And I've had a couple of those pop into the chat, but the good thing is, and actually some of these I haven't even noticed because my moderators will tell me after the stream, hey, did you see so-and-so posting this thing about, you know, scamming you to gain followers or whatever? We just banned them when they popped into the chat. And I feel like YouTube doesn't really have that because obviously unless we're talking about the live platform, which is YouTube gaming, I'm not really sure about that. But on the offline section, right, there isn't that sort of uh, moderator aspect of like, hey, we'll do a, a clean sweep of a couple channels and, you know, remove improper content or content that you know violates terms of service and stuff like that so but i'm curious as to like what you might think as far as why youtube versus other platforms especially once you're sort of you, you sort of hit this realization where it seems like youtube is where you know everyone hit post their content where some people will like do it casually and some people looking to get monetized on the platform and how breaking the algorithm i guess if you will or breaking that barrier is posting elsewhere and sort of getting that hype and pulling you back so um, do you see yourself sort of continuing with YouTube as like obviously path to monetization, but starting on new platforms or really just doubling down on maybe even like looking into streaming on YouTube um, to sort of help promote your content further, I guess? Yeah, I think it for now, I'm going to stick to making the videos, especially because with work, so me and Taruj, like I said, we're, we are not full-time content creators. Like we are both very, right. very, very new at this. Like we have jobs that we have to go do. We can't spend all day making videos or streaming like some of these other guys can. Streaming. Some of the guys who have made it their jobs, right? I mean, exactly. that, that they've, they've committed that their lives to this is because they've, they've hit that mark where they broke that barrier. And, you know, that's something that they can consider as like an option for their career, right? Exactly. So. Like, would I love that to be my life? Yes, but for now, that's not. So <laughs> you switch streaming, I literally only be able to do it probably on weekends because work, it's going to take it out of me. I get home, like you can say, oh yeah, from five to eight to stream, stream for those three hours. But I'm going to be exhausted. I'm not going to be cheery and fun. If you see my videos, you know, I'm upbeat. I'm making jokes. I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving life. After work, right. I'm exhausted. I just want to make <laughs> dinner and go the fuck to bed. I feel you, man. That's like, that's exactly why I stream on weekends only, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's evenings on Friday. And that's actually probably the day I look the most dead. So yeah, if exactly. chat makes me do push-ups on Friday, I'm hating everything and hating life. So well, it's I, know a good time. I know what I'm doing for your next stream now. <laughs> oh man, I was actually considering turning off streams for this coming weekend because we have an event weekend with Last of Us. But oh man, for the ones after, I'm gonna be looking out for you and I'll ban you if you do. Keep. I'm, <laughs> I got my eyes on you, Matt. I got my. I'll eyes be on honest. You. I'm saving up for add a command. I don't know what I want to add yet, but it's gonna be good. Ooh. Okay. All right. Yeah, but going back to um, so Twitch, I really would only be able to do it on weekends. I don't think I'd be able to dedicate as much time to that. Videos, I can make, I can spend 30 minutes editing a video, make some progress toward it, and then leave it and come back to it. You can't leave and come back to your stream. I mean, you could, but that's going to be a very weird stream to say the least. Right. I think I touched on it earlier. You can pick it up whenever you want, go post whenever you want. The video is there until the end of time, until the heat death of the universe. So I'm probably gonna stick, I'm gonna double down on YouTube. We'll get to like monetization, all that stuff like uh, your hopes for your channels in the uh, next subtopic, but I'm gonna stick with YouTube for now. And what about you? Uh, so you, you went to Twitch. Did starting on YouTube ever cross your mind or is it I'm gonna start on Twitch, I'm gonna be on Twitch and I'll do YouTube as a side gig? So here's the process the way that I've sort of seen it is 
it seems that live content is digested on you know your facebook gaming your mixers your own three like own tv twitch all these you know these other platforms and once that live content is consumed and you have the people who are able to tune in and you know as that's happening um you obviously have the offline content consumption which then what's the one-stop shop for that it's it's youtube right youtube is where all that content goes and you you'd argue that you know some of it goes to instagram because it's stored there and some of it goes to twitter and stuff like that but really you have um content limits right on these other platforms whereas youtube if you wanted to post like a two-hour video you totally could and so i think that's that's why youtube obviously has some advantages is what you were saying is that you know whenever you have the time and want to make a video and have created content you can put that up there and it's there to stay and so the way that i sort of started off my streaming cycle was i'll start streaming live and on a week-to-week basis i'll be publishing highlights so that anyone who missed my content when i'm streaming will have a way to catch up on what they missed right and me not being able to do that is obviously not understanding what it sort of takes to both create content and edit videos with high quality sort of in tandem because I'm sort of learning the ropes as I go for both. But that is obviously something that I hope to return to. I'm actually currently in the process of editing, I think, three videos, one of which are like the past three weeks or past month in review of stream highlights. So it's going to be about a 30 minute video, like a specialty video for a game I just finished and then a dying compilation of my friend who can't stop dying when we play together on stream. So (laughs) these are a couple of things that I have in the works, right? Um, And I think that is what I'm really appreciating about YouTube is that I don't obviously have a community sitting there waiting for me that is saying like, hey, where's your content? Like we want it now. Um, I can take my time and make sure that that comes out really well. And if I do that, that actually gives me additional content to post snippets of to Instagram and Twitter later to then gain that following. That tends to be the barrier of entry is like why people will view your content in the first place. So that's sort of been the way I see this process. But recently, I've actually realized that what might be the way to break these barriers on Twitch and YouTube is really just Instagram. Because Instagram is hashtag king, right? You post a hashtag and... If it doesn't exist, it'll create one. And obviously it's the same for Facebook, Twitter, like that it's the concept of a hashtag, but a lot of people are actually searching directly for hashtag or content related to specific topics on Instagram. And to my, to my surprise, you know, as of this week, because, you know, we have, as I mentioned earlier, I'm doing the last of us event, you know, this coming week that I I'm, you know, posting content every what, 12 hours, every 16 hours is what I have sort of the cycle going for this week. And all of a sudden today, I have a post that's blowing up and I've not had a single post over 100 views. And this one is now almost at 600 something. And that's crazy for me, right? Like this hasn't translated into anything of like subscriptions on <laughs> Twitch or anything. But no, as I far as it. just reach in a general sense is, I think, a little mind blowing for me, right? That like on my personal social media, I have 600 friends on Facebook or Instagram, but not all of them are liking it or seeing my content or whatever. But 600 random people seeing my content, I think, is a very different feeling for me, especially as like someone new to all of this. So that's, that's definitely something that uh, is making me consider devoting a lot more time into developing my Instagram. Because Instagram, it's obviously, if you've noticed what I've been doing, I've been taking the lazy approach because Twitter, obviously, barrier to entry and devising new content for there. I post everything that I post on Instagram directly to Twitch. One-stop shop, content goes to both places. And... I kind of just hold my hands together and pray. (laughs) And then we look forward to the weekend and see if it translates. But, you know, once, like once on the weekends, I'll notice, you know, one or two names pop up that are new that I've noticed from like Reddit or from Instagram or from Twitter. So I think it's one of those like slow roll, like you got to just play the long game and just over time, because every streamer that 
has posted a video has been like, you know, I've been streaming for a year, two years now, and I just broke, you know, 100K, 200K, 1 million, whatever, right? Everyone yep. sort of has their own path to this. So, but I actually wanted to, and I, I have been talking for a minute, but I actually wanted to ask you something that you meant uh, about, or what something that you said about the advantage of streaming over the making videos, because I would argue that some of these higher, not higher tier, but like higher um, viewer count streamers or established streamers, sorry, is the word I'm looking for, stream sort of willy-nilly or whenever they have the time to, but then obviously will stream for chunks or for eight hours or kind of whatever. Why do you think that that is versus the mentality on streamers like me, right, who are like sticking to a schedule or something to that effect? I don't know if you had any ideas on that. Uh, so you're saying like for the people who just like do it whenever they can and then also go for those massive chunks when they have the free time, like those right. people versus, yeah. I'd say from what I understand, it's the amount that you have out there. It's, I think this is just a pretty reasonable fact that the more time you spend streaming, the more likely you are to cast someone into your net. Now, okay. here's the thing, you cast them into your net, but if you look like a POS on stream, you're done, that's it. They're not right. coming back. I think those people are trying to play the numbers game, but when you play the numbers game and you, what's the way I'm trying to say this here? Just playing the numbers game is not enough. The quality needs to be there as well, which is okay. why what I think you do is good. You have a quality weekend that invites people to come back. I had fun here. Let's do it again next week. Versus yeah. if you went, also it's distance makes the heart grow fonder. Oh man, I, I get to look forward to him on the weekend. Right, I have something that he's there whenever I want. Yeah, he's there every day. I'll just go see him tomorrow. And then tomorrow turns into tomorrow's tomorrow. And then tomorrow's tomorrow turns into tomorrow's tomorrow tomorrow. So that's, <laughs> that was a tongue twister and a half, man. Yeah, tomorrow's tomorrow's tomorrow. <laughs> so I think that there people think like, I was going to have as much time on the internet as possible. And that'll do me good. But I think it can easily go the other way. Again, I'm sure there's someone who has studied this that gets paid way more money than me to talk about this. That's where I would view it from. But I guess I can ask you, why do you choose to do only weekends instead of popping up sporadically? Well, so I'm not going to lie. I think I started out a little bit nervous because when I started streaming on the platform, or actually before I even started streaming, I was looking into sort of what the paths to monetization were. And that's when Twitch sort of presented the, and this is, I mentioned this in the good, they presented these achievements to me. They said, you know, you have four requirements you have to meet. You have to stream on seven unique days. You have to stream for 500 minutes, gain 50 followers, and have at least three concurrent average viewers, right? And they said that these four things needed to be completed in a 30-day time period. So as soon as you started your first stream, you now are 30 days, you have a 30 day ticking clock essentially to meet all of these conditions. And if they're not met, then obviously it's a sliding window. Like what if you gain 20 followers at the start, then you're 20 followers short for that next window, right? To hit the 50, which is why I was actually so pressed to hit um, affiliate in that, you know, in the minimum amount of time possible. And so that's why I was like, you know, I'm going to stick to a schedule so people know when to expect me and I'm not popping in sort of whenever. And at least by that regard, if I have a small dedicated number of viewers, then that small dedicated number of viewers will at least carry me for that concurrent uh, viewer count. Because that's actually, I think, the hardest thing that people were saying. Like I was watching a lot of the onboarding videos and watching like streamer recommendations and they were all saying that the hardest category or achievement to complete is that concurrent viewer count. Three may not seem like a lot, but for the next step, which is to get from like that initial monetization to being a Twitch partner, which is sort of like what, you know, these big name streamers like Pokimane are, for example. Um, Hashtag epic partner. Right? Like all of these people are 
meeting another set of recommendations, which is, hey, it's not three concurrent viewers, it's actually 75 or like, you know, however many the number is. So because of that, someone like me sits here and is like, okay, I need to make sure that my CVC is good. But now that I'm sort of in the position where I'm monetized and a, a little ways away from hitting that partner status, I'm in a zone where technically I have the liberty to pick up and stream whenever I want. The only thing I gimp myself out of is that average viewer count is going to be a lot lower than I'm used to because the community I'm used to engaging with won't know when I'm streaming and for what reason, right? So that's sort of been the reason why I've been like, hey, I'm going to stick to being expected rather than have my community expect the unexpected. So yeah. I can see why you stick to that. I think that's smart that you're sticking to the schedule. People know when you're going to be on and either A, those who are truly following you, they're going to come back or B, you're still going to catch people in your net and it's going to be quality content that you're catching with. Yeah, absolutely. And anytime I need to do schedule changes, like I think you mentioned, you know, there was like a weekend where I took a, like a day off or something like that. You know, I think it was like Mother's Day is, and you know, this coming weekend, I'm actually considering dropping Father's Day from the stream schedule. Um, and you know, if I make those streaming changes or like the schedule changes, then I post it to my Instagram and those like, you know, followers that I do have that are following me on, you know, all of my handles are, you know, looking for that information or we'll see the update on Twitch and be like, oh, okay, like the thing is a little different this weekend. Or to the point that some of my, you know, viewers in chat will be like, why so early today when I change the time? And I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, XYZ thing came up or something like that. But you can, you can obviously see when someone gets a notification at 10 in the morning versus four in the afternoon, like, dude, why, why are you up so early? Why are you streaming right now? And, and that's something that you have to obviously like then tell your community, like, you know, this is like a one-off as opposed to, you know, you can expect me at the most random times <laughs> on the planet. And then the stream will be like, you can expect me never. And <laughs> so like, I feel like those are some things that you have to play around with and maybe it's a little bit of pessimism, but I, I like sort of cultivating the community the way that I have been so far. And I feel like it's growing at a, at a slow and steady rate. So we're going to play the, the turtle in this race and, and hope we win. The tortoise and the hare, tail this time. All right, I think this is a good point to swing into our final topic of the day, and that is your hopes for the future, your dream, your channel. Where do you see it going? So off the bat, perfect world. You're able to, like, uh, tomorrow you just got, uh, three million people just flooded your channel. And now this is, this can immediately become your full-time job. Like, what is your hopes for your channel? Where do you hope it goes five years from now? Where do you want your channel to be? I would love to have uh, a really big following and a community that's sort of dedicated to um, the same interests and passions that I have. Obviously, like I went into this process of streaming, like this is going to be a really cool time for me to engage in something that I enjoy spending time in, which is gaming, right? And something that you said, which is, you know, content creation has been some of the most fun I've had while playing games is it's a way to connect with some people you may not connect with as much anymore because you know they popped into the stream or they'll play a game with you or otherwise right like there are little perks here and there and as far as the community that's coming in obviously they're staying because they're enjoying the content they might be like-minded and otherwise and the goal here is obviously to build a community of people that can share in these interests together have fun together and obviously I would I'm still pursuing um, my career full-time and so this would be something that I do part-time but obviously I could be totally open to dedicating like eight hours on, on the weekends and, you know, time in the evenings if the channel grows to the point, because I'm willing to put in the energy if there are people who are there on the other side who are, you know, genuinely care about it. And it's something that doesn't really take too much effort out of me to do, then that's something that I'm opening to sort of stepping up to the plate. Right. And I know that sounds a little vague as far as overall that I said, you know, like I'll, I'll sort of do whatever, but you know, if the channel grows, and I'm able to stream, like, would I do it full time? Probably not, because I have too many other goals in other areas that I also want to complete. 
but it is something that I would love to spend a good chunk of time on. Like maybe I work freelances like my career and do, you know, other part-time <laughs> streaming like that. That could be really cool. Right. Like it just kind of depends on how this takes off. But in the, at, at the time being, I'm okay to sort of stream weekends, you know, grow this out. If I ever, you know, cross like a thousand followers or something like that, like that'll be sort of a turning point is like, or, you know, 500,000 followers are like big turning points in your channel where you're like, okay, wow, this is actually growing faster than I expected. I have CVC of like, there are people who are interested in enjoying this, then like, I can spend a lot more time and energy creating more riveting content than the time I'm able to devote to it now, right? So I think that it sort of builds off of each other. But what like about that. you? Because the, 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 the Deadly Showman channel started on YouTube. You've expanded your brand to now Twitter and Instagram as well and are posting on there fairly frequently. And you talked a little bit about streaming earlier, but what does it look like for you? Uh, for, uh, if Perfect World, I would love it if this was my job. Uh, this, like I said, is the most fun I've had with video games since I don't know when. I've Games like Fortnite, I was this close to quitting Fortnite. I was done with it. It was boring. I, Epic was making updates that I didn't like. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I pivoted. I have not played a single serious game of Fortnite since whenever they removed Legacy Aim Assist. That's the last time I played a serious game of Fortnite. And I have not had any more fun with that game than I'm having with it right now. This has completely reimagined video games for me. I'm playing more games. I get to do everything on my schedule, which honestly, if I could have any job in the world, I want it to be on my schedule. Uh, now, again, I'm, entrepreneur. I'm, exactly. Except I'm, done, I'm, I'm an engineer, I'm not business, so I'm not <laughs> yeah, But um, I'm realistic. This is a very, 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 very tight-knit community that is extremely hard to break into. If you were to right. tell me five years from now, you're going to have 100 subscribers, would you, would you just keep doing it? The answer is one absolutely yes. Like I said, this is fun. I love making these videos. I'm in the middle of making a video right now that I will not be able to drop for a week. Reason being, it's a Fortnite video. Season three is about to launch. It will get buried under everything else, so I don't want to do that. Right. I am content to make this, sit on it, share it with my friends, then play it online, because it is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. That, but like I said, that perfect world, 10 million subscribers, the showman community, as you said. You said the showman community, if I have it community, makes so much sense. That would be my ultimate dream, because I love making people laugh. I love making people good i love giving them a place to escape to because um i guess i'm about to get a little real on episode one. First year out of college uh i guess so the people know me and trush went to college together undergrad go terps go terps uh first job out did not love it the people uh, the people were great no complaints about them but it was not the job for me i dreaded going to work every single day i that was a miserable year i wouldn't say i was depressed that'd be an insult to people who are truly depressed but it was a bad year I literally quit my job and went back to get my master's at Berkeley across the country. So, you know, like I had to get out of there. But during that time was when I really, I initially got into YouTube and YouTubers, I think senior year of college. Uh, the first guy I ever subscribed to, I ever really got into on YouTube was a guy named Uselk. He's an Australian content creator. Yeah. And then slowly but surely that trickled into more and more and more. And these, these guys who I subscribe to really helped me get through the year, whether it was on my lunch or if I'd sneak away to the bathroom to watch a 10-minute video. They made me laugh every single day. And it just made me feel so good. It got me through such a hard, such a terrible, I, I say terrible year in my life. Like, it wasn't that bad. I was an employed engineer. How bad could it be? I guess just a really a tougher year in my life. And I would love to be able to do that for somebody else. I would love to take that guy who's just in a really rough place, 
give a place to go escape for even just five, 10, 20, maybe even 30 minutes, get a good chuckle, and then go back to where he's doing, or keep him around for another chuckle. That would be the dream scenario for me, if I'm being totally honest. You know, it's really interesting you say that because that's actually the reason, like the big thing behind my community and like the reason why it's a speakeasy, like, you know what speakeasies are, right? Like during times of prohibition, like that's where people could go to get their alcohol and stuff like that, right? It was Ah. spread by word of mouth. It was very like, you know, if you're part of this community, like no snitches, like, you know, this is, this is our, this is our thing, right? And, and for me, like gaming was kind of always that growing up, like it was a little taboo, like it wasn't always the thing that was most approved of in my household, but it was one of the things that I sort of appreciated while growing up and was something that was refreshing kept my mind engaged and was just a lot of fun right like I have a lot of moments that I just remember throughout my life that were spent through like in moments with games uh you know playing with friends or friends that I made through games or otherwise and not to say that like that's been my entire life obviously but it's played such a huge role that the speakeasy was something that started sort of outside of gaming obviously as you remember uh-huh. I remember and, the speakeasy god I missed the speakeasy right and, and I think it's turned I think it's turned into something that I can sort of hold as my own now that, you know, it was always like gaming for me was that one thing that I could go back to and really just have a good time that reprieve, you know, watching other streamers, having them make me laugh. Maybe I can do the same for them. Like that was sort of the sentiment here. And just for people who are in similar situations to know that, Hey, you, you have a place to go and you have a community that, you know, will help you and care for you and all of that. And I think that that's really cool. So that's something that um, was on my end as well. So all right, so I think uh, we covered a good amount of topics today under the the YouTube versus Twitch conversation, and you know I think even here we were just scratching the surface, and there's enough here that we could dig in for like a, a follow up to this conversation in and of itself. But to all of you who are listening and or watching to us, thank you so much for you know taking the time to do this and for you know hearing our thoughts. And obviously, I'm gonna do a little shameless plug here and you know throw out my handles at SpeakeasyGG on Instagram, Twitter, and obviously the channel that I stream on Twitch. Uh, would love to see you there to to join my community this week easy and you know you'll see matt there as well and obviously matt if you want to yep if uh, you guys want to follow me subscribe to me all around on youtube i am the deadly showman uh on twitter i am deadly showman or hashtag the deadly showman i forget because twitter has a character count but i believe it's there are no other deadly showmen so i'm the only one and then on instagram i am the deadly showman uh guys true said thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us uh we don't know if anyone's going to be listening to this. If you are, though, stick around. We're going to have more podcasts, way more topics to talk about. As we said, the world of gaming is huge. And then even beyond gaming, we got a lot to talk about. We got a couple friends we'd love to bring in here to discuss some more topics. Uh, but with that, I think we will close out our first podcast. And again, guys, thank you for listening and stay tuned for future episodes.